0: On this week's episode of Inside Outside Innovation, we sit down with Andrew Gazdecki, founder of MicroAcquire and author of the new book, Getting Acquired, How I Built and Sold My SaaS Startup. Andrew and I talk about his entrepreneurial journey building MicroAcquire and some of the insights he's seeing when it comes to buying and selling startups. Let's get started. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast to help new innovators navigate what's next. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat into what it takes to learn, grow, and thrive in today's world of accelerating change and uncertainty. Join us as we explore, engage, and experiment with the best and the brightest innovators, entrepreneurs, and pioneering businesses. It's time to get started. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I'm your host Brian Ardinger, and as always, we have another amazing guest today. We have Andrew Godzdecki. He is the founder of MicroAcquire and author of the new book. Getting Acquired, How I Built and Sold My SaaS Startup. Welcome,
1: Andrew. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. excited. I've
0: got my MicroAcquire socks on, so thank you for that. My Uh, pleasure. (laughs) I'm super excited to have you on to talk about the craziness that is the startup world. And you've had a front row seat for a number of years as a multi-founder and now with MicroAcquire. Let's talk about what MicroAcquire is and how you got into the business of helping startups sell to other
1: folks. Microquire for those who aren't familiar with it is the largest startup acquisition marketplace in the world today. We have about 150,000 buyers registered. We've helped over 600 startups get acquired. That combined acquisition total is 400 million at this point, it's almost a half a billion. We don't charge any fees, so you can sell your business on Microquire completely free. So I started that business candidly. As a side project, I just felt it needed to exist. I had previously gone through two acquisitions and it was just a mess. Everything from finding the buyers to there's so much education today on how to grow your business, how to learn sales, how to recruit, how to fundraise. But then there's nothing on the exit, (laughs) which is arguably the most important part of the founder's journey. And when I sold my first business, which we can talk about if you'd like, it was a business called Business Apps, spelled B-I-Z-N-E-S-S-Apps. And kind of the light bulb moment went on when I sold it. I just got a ton of emails and texts from friends that were also running startups. And they were like, how'd you get acquired? Like, how'd you find the buyer? What was the process like? It was like hieroglyphics, everyone, including myself when I went through the process. So- What we're really trying to do at Microquire is democratize startup acquisitions and just make the process easier and more transparent for founders and also buyers.
0: So, talk a little bit about the types of startups that are being bought and sold on the platform, and how's that maybe changed since when you first launched? Well, when you first
1: launched, lots of small startups, you know, ranging from we would sell business, and we still do today, but. 5K startups, mostly side projects. And since then, we've really expanded, I guess, the market. So our largest acquisition is just under 10 million. We have buyers on the platform now that can facilitate acquisitions in the hundreds of millions if the value is there. Yeah, just started with humble beginnings just because I felt this was something that was so needed for the startup ecosystem. Because the other routes to sell your business, unless you're most founders think like Google shows up with a check and <laughs> hey, you did it, like you won the lottery. There's a saying most startups are bought, not sold. And that's just not true. You know, you really need to sell your business. And so the other routes were expensive, borderline, highway robbery. And that's that that was really kind of like the main purpose of me launching micro to really give another option for founders looking to sell their business and if you're curious about the other options you can hire an investment banker they're going to charge a big fee if your startup is too small for an investment bank because most investment banks will only work with you if your business is of a certain size and you know maybe you can get like an eight nine figure exit and i had previously worked with an investment bank and their minimum fee was eight hundred thousand dollars for a successful transaction the short story there we got a few offers but the fee was just i still had gas in the tank so i kept going but it, it showed me and i remember telling the bankers i was like you guys have the coolest job in the world i do all this work and then at the end you come in and get <laughs> you know a nice payday so that always kind of stuck with me and then i stumbled on onto business brokers and so Business brokers, if your business is doing, let's say less than you know five million in revenue, you can work with a business broker. They'll typically charge, you know, 10 to 15% commission to sell your business. So 10 to 15%. So that's like a small angel round. So I just thought, okay, business brokers don't do too much. You know, what would happen if we remove the middleman and we let buyers and sellers connect directly and we help businesses ranging from SaaS companies. That's kind of our sole focus. But we also sell a lot of e-commerce businesses, communities, some crypto companies, direct-to-consumer, newsletters. We like to say we want to be the marketplace for profitable startups. So that's mainly our focus is startups that have traction. So we don't list startups that are pre-revenue, content websites, affiliate websites. Again, mostly focusing on Businesses that have, you know, a lot of growth upside, having a blast running it at the same time too.
0: I'm hearing more and more about people using the platform, startup founders, maybe looking to buy a a side project or a side hustle versus building something from scratch. Are you seeing that trend happening?
1: Yeah. Like one story that comes to mind is there's builders and there's scalers where a lot of people love to build a business. They love to think of a new idea and bring something to life. And I think I, I fall into both those buckets, builders and scalers. And so people build these wonderful businesses, but they, you know, maybe build it to a certain point where they'd like to move on to something else. Maybe they built it to a few million in revenue and now they're you know, mostly managing when they'd really like to be building. And so MicroQuire is a great outlet for them to meet buyers within like hours,
0: right.
1: <laughs> like the fastest acquisition on MicroQuire was within quite literally hours. Those are obviously outliers
0: what are you seeing when it comes to valuation trends and things along those lines? How's the market changed or what shifts are you seeing?
1: Yeah, good question. It really depends on the business. So a good business will always trade at really good multiples. SaaS trades at high multiples in e-commerce. Newsletters, communities also trade lower than you know a typical SaaS business. So there's so much variability. And when I get asked questions like, I have a SaaS company. It's doing a million (laughs) revenue. What's it worth? That's kind of akin to asking what a car is worth. You know, like, is there 500,000 miles on it? Does it need a new transmission? Do you have a good team in place? What is your churn? What is the quality of your customers? And then other little things like when you go to sell your business, do you have an understanding of kind of what your business is worth? And on MicroQuire, we have two different things that we do to help with valuations. Is one is we have a directory within MicroQuire where you can hire someone to get a real valuation done. I highly recommend that. And then we also have a tool called MicroMR. You can just go to micromr.com, and you connect your Stripe billing, and we'll actually give you a data-driven valuation based on what we're seeing from acquisitions happening in the market. So acquisitions are a moving target. I'd say maybe there could be a slowdown coming. I know the public markets were trading, I believe like 22X, and then they dropped down to 12X. And this is April. Those might climb back, but the last year was absolutely borderline bonkers in terms of, it was record numbers in terms of private equity activity, just M&A activity in general. So it's a good time to sell your business if you're looking to.
0: I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you came to Create Microacquire. I mean, I know early on you even did some interesting marketing, went viral. You had the Russ Hanneman character from Silicon Valley TV show do a little viral stuff on Twitter talking about Microacquire and that. Can you talk a little bit about your idea of how you got it started and, and the execution to get Microacquire
1: off the ground? Honest answer is so I like to work within a framework. I'm not a big fan of like mental frameworks that, you know, maybe other people put forth, but so I'm always thinking of what worked five years ago or what worked 10 years ago does not work today. And so that's why you'll see I'm always trying to market in a way that doesn't feel like marketing, but it also adds value and maybe makes you laugh and stuff like that. A lot of startups today think that their main competitor is XYZ company, but it's really the 500,000 startups out there. (laughs) So you're competing for consumer attention. I'm a big believer in that. And so we focus a lot on brand building, just sharing Microquire's story, kind of everything. So when I first launched it, I was working probably like 4 a.m. to like midnight. And the only way, so going back to kind of like how I think about and what I recommend founders think about when they first launch a startup is this won't come as a surprise, but find something you're passionate about. So, and then also find something that you have a unique insight into. So I made a bet that entrepreneurship through acquisition was going to be a trend. And that was just through me going through two different acquisitions. And I was actually looking to buy a SaaS company Mm -hmm. and I couldn't find anything that was specific to SaaS. I didn't like working with brokers. I wanted to speak directly to the founder because it's a very relationship type transaction. It's not just here's the keys. You know, I want to know about the founder. I want to know why are they looking to sell. And so I kind of just created what I feel acquisition should be. And I kind of built MicroQuire in a way that thinking back on business apps as a 10 million year revenue company, what would it take for me to list on a marketplace? So we implemented things like privacy. Ability to connect financial metrics to get buyer a good, healthy snapshot into the view of your business. To get it off the ground, I mean, a lot of podcasts, a lot of cold emails, hanging out on live chat 24 seven. And I don't recommend this to founders, but again, going back to my previous point is before I launched my group, I wrote down what customer do I want to serve? And I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I love startups. I'm kind of a startup nerd. You know, I love looking at new businesses and I built this company. And so when I work on it, it kind of feels like a a video game. It's not work. And if you can put yourself in that situation with some unique insights into a market, it's a customer that you love and then unique insights kind of fall in line with what i describe as founder market fit. So why you? So I think of why now? Why you? As probably the two most important things. I had a deep conviction that acquisitions are going to be increasing, and that proved to be right. So, that was a non obvious bet to a lot of people, but obvious to me that became obvious over time. But when you're able to build a startup in a way that you enjoy playing, running, whatever you want to describe it, more than your favorite video game, you kind of want because it's really hard to compete against a founder that where it feels like work, my best analogy there is if you, I see a lot of founders creating startups around what I'd call like opportunistic opportunities where, you know, it's a good idea, but maybe you build a CRM for dentists, but you hate dentists. And a big part of building a startup is talking to customers all the time. I'm a big believer that your customers have path to product market fit. They have a better roadmap than you do. And so you need to be able to talk to these customers and enjoy these conversations and really listen to them. Otherwise, there's someone out there who's going to love those conversations and it's just going to be really hard to compete. But it all kind of revolves around happiness where the founders that I think go the distance really enjoy what they do day in, day out. And that's not to say it's super easy. Like Just because it's fun, it's easy. Just like a video game, just because it's fun doesn't mean it's easy. I think that's kind of the key that a lot of the founders should be thinking about is, is this a business I could run for a decade? If so, why? And kind of dip your toes in the water. Like when I launched Acquire, I didn't have grandiose visions for it. I just wanted to help other founders get acquired without these huge commissions. And then as the business grew, it became pretty obvious that the market opportunity was fairly large and basically kind of brute force. I knew this was something that the startup community needed and I just worked. I was doing customer support, vetting the listings, writing the newsletters, managing the product, going on podcasts like this, social media content in a weird way. And now I have a team that helps me with all that stuff, but in a weird way, I kind of look back and I miss those days. Well, it's never
0: really been a better time to be an entrepreneur because you have a lot of these new no-code tools and ways to spin up experiments. And like you said, dip your toe in the water. You have access to a lot more information. You know, I think 10, or 15 years ago, the whole VC world was not very transparent, but now you, know, you can read blogs and books and figure out that particular path. If you're an entrepreneur, it sounds like you're trying to do the same thing for on the acquisition side, breathe some life into what that path looks like and that. So let's talk a little bit about the book you just wrote, Getting Acquired, How I Built and Sold My SaaS Startup. What can people expect to find in it? And and why did you write the book?
1: I started business apps, again, spelled B-I-Z, N-E-S-S apps. My mom, this is kind of a funny footnote, but everyone called it biz apps. So (laughs) I ended up chasing down the owner of the domain biz apps. When your mom calls your business biz apps and you don't have the domain, you got to go get it. But I started that business when I was 21 in college. And also going back to Unique Insights, I had a previous business that helped mobile developers connect businesses. So I saw businesses posting the same job requirement over and over and over. And I thought, whoa, they're paying like 50 to hundred K for like a project like this. What if I just built a template and the functionality doesn't really change too much, but mm-hmm. we just changed the content and the imagery, which speeds up mobile app creation, makes it more affordable. There was do yourself website builders at the time. And I thought, What about a do-yourself mobile app builder for small businesses? So the book is just kind of my story. I just journaled through the whole experience because it was very strange and surreal. I was 21 when I launched it, just to give you kind of an idea of like the growth of it. And it was a right place, right time business. I got completely lucky. The iPhone had just came out. Android wasn't even there. Blackberry was still in the mix. We almost made a Blackberry app. I'm glad we didn't. But it's just my candid experience building that company from idea all the way to Texas. So it's not a book of here's how to build a startup. It's more of a book of here's how I built a startup with mistakes, everything from when I thought of the idea to when I sold the business and everything in between.
0: Can you highlight some of the best or worst advice that you got on that journey?
1: I was so young, so I was 23, 24, and I personally didn't grow up with too much means, if you will. And so I remember their specific situation. We needed a marketing hire, and I was handling most of the marketing. And the salary range is, you know, I'm two years out of college, and they were in like the 150, 200K range. I'm like, what? Well, I'm not going to pay someone that. Like, you really need to. One of my favorite quotes is, you know, talent win, wins games, but teamwork wins championships. It's a Michael Jordan quote. So I think, you know, hiring smarter people than me was probably my biggest mistake. Also, a funny story. This is a true story. We had a period where we were. Again, because we didn't hire a really good marketer that could track, you know, our paid ad spend and stuff like that. We were spending over a hundred thousand a month on Google ads. The business grew from zero to let's call it seven million in the first five years. So it, it was just everything was just kind of like, don't touch anything. We don't know it's working, right. but it's working. And it was so profitable. I and mean, our customer payback period was like 33 days. And for the first two years, our margins were about 90%. So it was just extremely profitable. But when we finally hired someone to do analysis on how profitable is this pay-per-click ad campaign, we concluded basically we were burning about 90,000 out of that 100,000. So we call that the era of blowing up Ferraris every month. So every month we were blowing $90,000 because we weren't properly attributing our marketing spend to customer acquisition and blowing up a Ferrari every month probably would have been cooler. (laughs) Maybe not. That would have hurt my heart because I'm a big car fan, but, and I share all of it. I share the ups and the downs and I think it's just a candid story of just what it's like to build a startup, mistakes and wins included.
0: So looking at the world today, what are some of the resources that you would recommend that startup founders be checking out or paying attention to? I get a lot of
1: really good insights just talking to other startup founders. I'm not a big podcast listener. I read a lot. Like this is kind of some books I'm reading. There's my book on top, but like Play Bigger. It's a book about brand building from impossible to inevitable. That's a great book on how to build a SaaS company end to end. It goes over marketing building a sales team just written by uh jason Lempkin and aaron ross who i'm big fans of and then uh tuned in which is basically how to listen to customers you know you can talk to customers but how do you really listen and get the insights you need mm-hmm. so i always say that customers have a way better roadmap to product market fit than you you just need to talk to them and listen so i could give you a number of different books but i'm an avid reader that's kind of where i get a lot but i will say you definitely learn the most when you launch a startup when you kind of just you can read all the books in the world but when you finally launch a startup that's when like the real learning begins and also like you kind of get in a situation of i launched a startup okay now i really need to figure out marketing and so now you're very motivated to figure out marketing and apply some of the concepts that's right that you might read in some of these books
0: that's great advice, and I encourage anybody who's even thinking about it. The tools and the resources are out there to try things nowadays that maybe you couldn't have tried in the past. And even if you fail, you've probably leveled up your skills and and game considerably than if you just read about it. So, I encourage that as well. My last question is: What are you most excited about working on in the next three to six months?
1: I'd say just helping startups and founders get acquired. We have a goal to help a thousand startups uh, get acquired this year. So far we're on track for that. We average about a hundred a month. So we'll probably beat that goal. And what's interesting about startups and you start something and it goes really slow, but stick with it. And then kind of takes off because we've done more acquisitions this year alone than we did in the first two years of being in business. So what gets me excited is just helping founders and we're building tooling to help acquisitions to really streamline them and really educate founders on what is due diligence? What are the legal steps? How do I transfer assets? How do I do technical due diligence on code if I'm looking to acquire a business? How does escrow work? What are common deal terms? So if you go to Microquire, and click resources at the top, you can literally learn how to acquire a hundred million dollar business. We have so much content. And that's just kind of like something I felt was so needed because it's such a opaque Topic that not too many people write about, so I definitely recommend checking that out.
0: Andrew, I want to thank you for coming on Inside Outside Innovation and sharing these stories and giving us some insights and access to some of these resources. I think it's very valuable, and I really do appreciate your time. If people want to find out more about yourself or more about Microquire or the book, what's the best way to do that?
1: Definitely check out microquire.com. It's free to sign up. You can browse the startups, and then as a seller, if you're looking to sell your business. Also, completely free. You can list your startup and, and insulin meet buyers, sometimes within hours of going live. We do vet all listings. So it'll be a process where we work and we make sure that you are prepared when you go live on MicroQuire. But follow me on Twitter, AgazDeki, if you can spell that, or just add me on LinkedIn. Excellent.
0: Well, thank you again for being on the show and looking forward to staying connected.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.